Happy Thursday, everybody. Rich Birch from the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited to have you on the podcast today and listening in. Um, listen, I want you to reach out to Matt McKay and our friends over at Housewright. Uh, their team is so stacked with super smart engineering types that want to solve your audio video lighting problems. They'll do it in the kind of latest cost effective trends. Uh, they uh, not only are super smart, but they've cut their teeth in production in growing churches like yours. Uh, they are really the experts out there that you're going to want to connect with. Somehow, Matt McKay and his team at Housewright have done so many amazing things. I'm telling you, they love the church. Uh, I highly, highly recommend them. Uh, they still serve in their local church. Matt started as a volunteer, went on staff as a technical driver, built buildings, built teams, great experiences, and some rough experiences too. He is an incredible leader that you want to connect with. But I want you to do, if you've got audio, video, lighting, even uh, needs, even if you're looking for like a second opinion on what's going on at your church, I want you to reach out to them today. Housewright.com forward slash unseminary. Maybe you're looking at launching a new campus, building a new building, some remodeling, uh, that sort of thing. You need to reach out to them today. Housewright.com forward slash unseminary. All right, get your pen and paper. Let's jump in with today's episode. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you decided to tune in. You are going to be rewarded for that today. Excited to have Steve Smith with us. He's from a fantastic church, High Point church that you should be following along. Uh, there have four locations in the greater Chicagoland area, about to be five, if I'm correct, uh, with over 3,000 people um, you know, every weekend. Uh, Steve is the executive pastor. As you know, we love executive pastors around here at Unseminary. It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Rich. Love the podcast. Love what you guys are doing with Unseminary. It's a huge gift to uh, so many of us who listen in. Oh, I really appreciate that. And I, I really love the story of kind of what's been happening at High Point. Um, as a, an outsider looking in, I'm looking forward to diving in and hearing a bit more. Why don't you tell us a little bit kind of about the history of the church? And then also if people were to come this weekend, what would they experience? Yeah, awesome. Well, it's a great uh, timing actually to ask that question because we're just uh, a couple months away here in March. We're going to celebrate our 20-year anniversary. And uh, we're really church planters at heart. And uh, our senior pastor, Ron Zappia, planted the church 20 years ago and just started with a small group of people and a vision in a local high school. Uh, we stayed actually in a high school for a long time, set up and tear down. We were almost a 1,000 people before we ever bought a facility and uh, and so the church had had grown, and now since then, over the last five years, have grown from one location in the Chicagoland area, up in the suburbs of Chicago, to four locations here in the suburbs of Chicago. But like I said before, I mean, really, our heartbeat is church planning. We love raising up pastors, and part of our our church history as well is sending out pastors and uh, and mm -hmm. frankly sending out some of our best pastors and, and in some ways that's a horrible plan for your own church <laughs> but that's it's great. a fantastic plan for the kingdom and uh, so we we've been able to send out some great pastors who planted uh, new works and so now really and it took us a little little while to really get there and kind of understand our model but understanding we can do autonomous church planning and do campusing and do that uh, side by side and use them both as great vehicles to reach more people 
How many, do you have a sense, and this may be, you know, I'm putting you on the spot here, but how many uh, kind of autonomous churches have you guys planted over the years or been a part of? I realize sometimes that can be a squishy number, but what what does that look like? Yeah, we've sent about five or six pastors off of our staff. However, we've been a part of larger networks of training and equipping uh, well over 100 church plants. And uh, not to put in too much of a plug, but actually just recently launched a brand new church planting network. We're really excited about when I say recently, I mean, November 1st. And uh, that is (laughs) uh, brand new. In fact, the website I think is launching this week or next, but is uh, High Point Send Network, uh, highpointsend.org, and uh, where we're training up. So it's really fun right now, in fact. We have three full-time pastoral residents on our staff that are getting ready to go out and plant um, new works in the next 12 to 24 months, which is pretty fun. Oh, I love that. I love, you know, I, I, the thing, one of the things I love about multi-site, that's been where primarily where my background's been in. But as we've seen in so many churches, when we see the power of multiplication, how, you know, we obviously, we all believe that we should be multiplying, that I love when it often spills out into multiple kind of expressions of that. So that's so cool. High point send. Uh, we'll make sure we link to that in uh, the show notes. Now, you and I talked a little bit beforehand. And, you know, I think for folks that are listening in, we obviously talk a lot about uh, growing churches. We talk about, you know, really trying to help churches pull apart um, practices and mindsets and approaches in growing churches. And um, you know, today we, we're going to talk about that, but I want to talk about maybe some of the hurdles uh, that that you've seen at High Point and maybe even you know, other churches as you've, as you've interacted with. What would be over these years as you've seen kind of the growth happen? What would be some of those things that have been maybe pain points or, um, you know, tough pieces for you as you've uh, been growing as a church? Yeah, I, I don't know, Rich. We haven't had any. It's just been so easy. And, All right. Uh, well, thanks for tuning no, in today, friend. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. I so appreciate you asking that question because sometimes we talk about growth and, wow, look what the Lord's doing, or we listen to other people. And I, I really, I think it's an issue where, where we can kind of, we idealize uh, what happens kind of on the back end, you know, and we have a way of kind of revising history and having a little spiritual amnesia and mm. forgetting, wow, to get where the Lord has brought us, it's been hard from from staffing or do people get the vision or or maybe even do they get the vision, but maybe they're just not even on, on board with that. And I think one of the learning points for us, and it's it's taken some time, and and frankly, the Lord humbling us uh, many many times along the way, of just recognizing, man, there's so many different ways to do church, and there's so many different ways mm-hmm. to reach people, and we don't mm-hmm. pretend like we have the way. There's just a way, and we and we unapologetically do have a way that we think the Lord's called us to ministry. To, to answer that really specifically, I think over the last few years, and being in the executive pastor role, just how do you staff for growth? Um, mm. maybe to use a different word, how do you staff for scale? And mm. I think that growth and scale are two different, different things. Um, mm. and growth, you know, maybe to define them a little bit. Yeah, I don't let's know, talk I, about that. Yeah. I don't want to o- overstate it, but you know, growth is, Hey, we're adding people. We're increasing number. That's awesome. We've seen growth over the years, but I think, I think scale gets back. You used the word earlier, multiplication. I think that's the word. Scale is about Mm. what are we multiplying out? And once we start to multiply leaders and multiply groups and multiply ministries, and then we start to launch multiply, you know, campuses and multiply churches, 
that that takes a lot of different types of leaders and staffing and clarity on where are we going and what are we doing. So yeah, I, if I had to pinpoint one area, I think I think staffing and staff structure and and the leadership of our staff um, it was hard. It took a lot of work to get us um, repositioned and reorged for future uh, scaling. Mm-hmm. And what would you say some of those differences around hiring, particularly when you think about the, the two differences beyond just like, hey, we're trying to fill a spot. I think we've all been in that. Um, of course, there's lots of listeners that are better leaders than I, but have been in that spot where you're like, I just need somebody to fill this spot, as opposed to, I think what you're hinting towards is more like, hey, where are we headed? Where? How do I see down the road and where this thing is going long term? Um, how, how, what have been some of those differences in hiring for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, a lot of people maybe have heard of Larry Osborne talks about these four different types of teams. And mm-hmm. and uh, and he, he talks about this, this idea of a track star. And then you have the, the kind of the golfing buddies out and then basketball and then football. And, and using those analogies was really helpful for, for our team. I'll, I'll unpack them a little bit. Again, many people maybe know that, but the idea, I'll take our pastor, for instance, when he planted our church, you know, you kind of do have that track star mentality. Like, it's like, man, just mm. get me out there. I'm going to run as fast as I can. And I'm going to try to make some wins for the kingdom. I don't really have a staff. I have a, I have a great core leadership team of volunteers. And then the church grows a little bit and you get to hire your first few people. And, uh, and like many churches, they, they often end up being the people right around you. It might be your top mm. level you know, growth group coach or, or, or small group coach becomes the the growth group's director or something like that. And that's pretty normal in a lot of churches or, you know, hey, your best worship person, you end up hiring them part time and they're the new worship leader. And and that's kind of the golfing buddy's idea is, hey, we're all friends here. You think about golfing, we're out in the course. For most people, they're out playing golf, probably predominantly a little more to have fun than to win. We're not competing mm. with each other as much as we're maybe just competing with ourselves and trying to have a great day. But then you mm-hmm. shift to basketball, and we were we were basketball for a while. So think about basketball for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of a lot of players in basketball, they're all playing. They can kind of interchangeably play each other's positions a little bit. A big one mm-hmm. for us in this analogy, I liked is is think about when you're off the court with basketball, you're still watching the whole game. You kind of know what's mm-hmm. going on. You know what all the rest of the players on the team are doing. And so the shift in Osborne's analogy that was the hard one for us is from basketball to football. And all of a sudden you're thinking, you know, offense and defense and special teams. And when you're off the field, you're, man, you're maybe over in a huddle and you're getting ready for the next time you're back on the field. You're not seeing everything that's happening in every area of the church. And it's a picture of going from being a generalist to being a specialist. Mm. That's good. And that was a really hard hurdle for us. And but but here's maybe the encouragement I want to give Rich is I think again back to humility to recognize football's not better, well it depends on who you ask, but for <laughs> for, the, for the case of this analogy, we're not saying football's better than basketball. We're not saying basketball's better than golf. We're just saying some people enjoy being in a staff environment where it's more just family and we're friends and we're all doing it together and we all know what's happening in every department in our church. But Mm -hmm. that's really hard to do if you're trying to operate like a football team where you have specialization and you have different coaches over different teams. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been a helpful analogy for us. 
Yeah, I love that. Maybe we can put a little more, um, you know, some some uh, meat on those bones. I think that's a really vivid picture. I think people get a sense of, you know, what you're talking about there. Could you, uh, you know, drill that into maybe an example? Obviously, you need to give people's names and stuff where that transition has been particularly hard. And then what you did to help coach through that. Yeah. Um, what did that look like when you had to actually make some of those shifts? Yeah, let me give a real life example. Uh, over the last three years, uh, a conversation I just had a couple of weeks ago. Of course, I won't name names. We had a, a pastor on our staff, and we were kind of mid shift of this multi site, and we were maybe at campus three at the time, and still even you know with the three three campuses, they can almost feel kind of like arms of the main campus. You're not fully kind of mm. have central services yet, but we were we were in the shift and all that, and and uh, we had a, we had a pastor leading a significant area of ministry. And he was really honest with me of like, honestly, like I'm, I don't really know if I am a multi-site guy. Like, I just don't know if mm. I think that way. I don't know. And uh, didn't particularly make it easy for me. He wasn't saying he was stepping down. He wasn't saying he was moving on. He was just saying, I don't, I don't know if this is the right fit for me. And, mm. um, and that led to really hard conversations. And at the end of the day, um, through very hard conversations over a long process, I ended up having to let him go. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I'll be honest, it's hard because it was a misalignment in vision. This guy's a great mm. pastor. Like he, he right. loves people. Um, I'm not saying anything negative about him. Um, mm-hmm. it was just a, it was a misfit and he wanted to be on mm-hmm. a different type of team as we were becoming right. a football team. And so mm-hmm. I ended up having to, to let him go. It was very hard on the area of ministry he was leading because he was very beloved. It was very hard on him and he was frustrated by it. And, uh, and to, to add a little redemption to that story, though, that was about three years ago. Um, I just got an awesome email from this guy. And uh, we ended up having coffee two weeks ago. And we were talking oh. about it. And, and he was honestly like, honestly, I was, I was a little bitter towards you. And I was frustrated with you. And, uh, and I realize now that actually it was kind of a gift. These are my words, not his. But basically, he was trying to say it was kind of a gift to me. It didn't feel like it at the time. He ended up in a new environment. There was a single site church that was a great church in the Chicagoland area doing great ministry. And he's actually now becoming the senior pastor. And it was a fit, it was a fit issue. It wasn't a, are you a good or bad pastor? It wasn't a, man, your ministry isn't up to par. And I think that was a learning curve for us to free people and to maybe help release people and even um, have us all internally look at what kind of team do we want to operate on? And all these teams can be equal but different. Right. That's very good. I love that. And the idea, too, of having the guts to lean in and say, this just isn't going to fit long term. And obviously, we want to be compassionate. We want to go out of our way to do what we can to help those transitions. But but to have an eye for, hey, God may have a better plan for this person in a different location, or we believe that. We think, hey, this could actually be a great thing. The question is, how do we get there? How do we transition from here to there? Now, you, uh, I'd love to capture another kind of area of the growth that's happening at High Point. You are on the eve of the launch of a new location. Um, you, for folks that are listening in, um, half of all multi-site churches don't get beyond three locations. You're at five, so you're making steps, or you're about to become five. Right. You're making steps into the radical minority of multi-site churches that get to five, six, seven locations. What what has that been like, kind of stepping through multiple locations? And then this particular location, how do you think about new locations? How do you kind of process, oh, where we're going to go, what, you know, those kinds of, you know, conversations as we're strategically planning for um, new locations? 
So as we started our uh, multi-site uh, work, you know, we, I, I said at the beginning, we think like church planners. And so we began mm-hmm. with multi-site, just like you would plan a church or a ch- kind of more traditional church plan, how we started. Hey, we're going to get a core group of people. We're going to have a pastor. We're going to send them out. We're going to commission them. We're going to maybe find a lease or a rented facility where they can get a work going. And we're going to try to just reach that community um, with the gospel. And in fact, that's how we started our first location. Well, what became really interesting and what was not, I got to be totally honest, these are the things, again, we talk about, you know, kind of revising history. It's easy to, you know, you talk like we had this huge vision and 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 then the vision <laughs> went, went awesome and it's working. We kind of stumbled in to what the Lord was doing and now kind of can see clearly. And it's what really we now call church revitalization. And, and there's pros and cons of this, right? So um, starting from scratch is awesome because you get to start from scratch, right? And, and mm-hmm. everybody's on board with the vision and they see it. Um, but we had a church, uh, and I don't recommend this to people, but this is our story. <laughs> don't do is, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, within uh, – so we were launching this first location. Again, core groups send people out in a church about 20 minutes in the other direction came to us, and they had – seen a de- decline over the years and basically we're down to no elders, no pastor, kind of had an interim preacher on Sundays and uh, people uh, had had a you know a few people, I think about 60 people left and a great building and didn't know what to do and said, you know, would you guys consider coming and helping us? Um, could we become a campus of high point? And uh, that's what ended up happening. So within six months, the reason I'm joking about don't do this is we went from one location to three in six months. Oh, gosh. Uh, because oh, we were planning for this one. We weren't planning for this other. And uh, and but one was it was an organic uh, launch and one was a church revitalization. And I really think that there's uh, opportunity in both. However, now our fourth location and likely our fifth location here that's coming in 2020 are, are um, churches that see the value in partnership maybe have the language we've kind of used and we don't you know say this I know these are primarily uh, you know pastors and church leaders that are listening to this podcast mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know that would be dead declining or stuck churches those are kind of the category hey we're, we're aligned in mission but we've kind of lost our vision over the years so our fourth location actually was a 150 year old uh, Baptist church. That has an amazing history, and at one point were was one of the main churches. This is back back in the nineties. They were one of the main churches in their community, um, wow. reaching hundreds of people every weekend, and um, and it just kind of aged and slowly declined. And oh, so, uh, but what we were aligned in was mission. And so now, right. what we're seeing is churches that are aligned in mission, but maybe have lost the vision, lost some leadership. In that situation, um, the aging congregation, their senior pastor was retiring, and they didn't kind of know what their next step was. And so we ended up coming together with them and and relaunched that. And we're able, I think, to launch these new locations um, a little faster and with a little greater reach than maybe if we did how we started the church, which is just to go to a high school. I also, by the way, think that's a great model, and lots of people are using that model um, for us, and again, we stumbled into it, and now are seeing it more as a strategic model of being able to use church revitalization as a way to campus. Yeah, love that. Um, so I know. So two of the campuses I was a part of were uh, church revitalization, similar to what you talk about, and you know, I, I probably get that call 
might be three or four times a month from a church where it's like, hey, this church came to us and they may be interested. Um, what would you say to a church that says, hey, you know, we're we're thinking about, or maybe we're multi-site already. Um, we know that a third of all campuses launches are happening now because of these kind of revitalizations or rebirths. Um, but what would you say to a church that's that's on the receiving end of one of those phone calls? Hey, you know, we're thinking about maybe merging with you. Uh, how would you advise us to kind of go through those conversations or to lead through those conversations? Yeah, I can I can tell by you asking that question. You've been on the other end of that phone call because yes, uh, we too get, get quite a few uh, calls on that. I think I would just caution. It can be it can sound really good and really alluring, and you see a building or you see an opportunity, and I would just say double and triple check: Are we actually aligned in motive and mission? Um, now and. Um, recognize that the change, their their ability not to say they want to change, but to really identify these are the areas where you're going to see change. Is that really, um, is that really what you guys want to see? You know, and so the mission thing for us is number one. Like we have to be unified, and for us, that's just a clear understanding of Matthew 28. It's a clear understanding of what we see in Second Timothy two two of multiplication. When you know Second uh, Timothy two two says that what what you've heard from me, this is Paul talking to Timothy. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, then go and entrust to faithful people who are going to go and teach others also. And that's a picture of multiplication. You actually see four generations in there, Paul to Timothy, and then Timothy to entrust to other faithful people who are going to teach others also four generations and recognize, Mm -hmm. hey, if we're looking kind of for this holy huddle, we're just going to hold our thing together and try to look for a bailout plan, if I can say it like that. That's probably not going to be the best best partnership. Uh, Love, Mm -hmm. I I know many people know Tom Berlin's book, Better Together. Mm -hmm. I would recommend Mm -hmm. both. Um, Mm -hmm. both churches, your church and the church that would like to join up with you, read that and really dialogue about what kind of church merger is this or church partnership Mm -hmm. is in this. And in that book, Tom Berlin goes through some great, um, different types of church mergers that, that are in there and partnerships. But I would just caution, sometimes it can look really good. And we've had far more people ask the question than we've ever gone down the road with. And um, just don't jump too soon. That's probably my my caution. Because um, on the back end, you all got to do church together. You all got to do life together. You got to do ministry together. Once you launch this thing, and you really got to be unified on mission and vision. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I, there there does seem like the Chicagoland area is like a hotbed for this. There's a lot of churches that, um, you know, that have that that have seen this. The chapel in town, you know, you guys that have seen this as a as a kind of um, you know, a great next step for churches. Uh, two things that I would add to that, which are just really different ways to say the same thing you're saying. I always say to, to particularly the lead church on that side of the equation that you can rush these conversations. Like you, the goal of each conversation is just to get to the next conversation. So like, do not, you do not overwhelm them. Do not, you know, this is a relational thing. It takes a long time. Um, yes, you hear the stories of, and we had one of those where it was 33 days from the first phone call till the day they voted unanimously, wow. but that's not the, that's not the norm. Not you know, the they, norm, take, yeah. they take a long time and, um, to just keep coming back to mission if we can't, and which just to echo what you said, if we can't get our heads around, Okay, we're we actually want to be like this church. If the church that's joining us can't get their head around, we want to join that mission. 
uh, it's not going to work out long term. I uh, love that. That's another uh, quick that's- thing on it, Rich, too, is it, uh, I think it can be helpful at times. I know sometimes you, we can over consult in the church by bringing in a third party. I think this is an area where oftentimes bringing in a neutral third party and there's some great consultants yeah. out there, uh, multi-site solutions and others that um, are, I, I think, can be helpful in this um, to just do we understand what each other is saying? Are we communicating well or are we speaking past each other? Yeah, that's good. I I appreciate I've said that to folks as well. This can be I I absolutely agree because there is that like um sometimes we don't see ourselves as clear as we as as a strategic outsider does, right? There is something about on both sides a trusted voice that can can be a a midwife for the merge, can be a person that can stand in the middle and kind of help that conversation and ask some of the tougher questions, you know, when you say that you want to change, do, do you know what that means? You know, uh, which, which as the lead church can be difficult to do. Um, and, and even just the, there's a little bit of the seriousness of like, Hey, if we're willing to bring somebody in, even that alone shows that we're willing to do what it takes to make it happen. Um, you know, that's, that's possible. That's positive. Love that. I also wonder if we could just, again, pivoting another way, uh, want to take advantage of the fact that you're, we have an ex- another executive pastor on, and I'm, I'm constantly amazed, uh, and, intrigued by the kind of relationship between a senior pastor and executive pastor. It seems like so many executive pastor, senior pastor kind of pairings, they structure that relationship a little bit differently, although there's some common stuff. Everybody kind of seems to, um, you know, it was a workout differently a little bit. How, how does that relationship work for you? How do you, uh, you know, and your lead pastor kind of work that out? What would be, what would be some advice that you would give to executive pastors that are listening in on how to have a, a thriving relationship? It would appear from the outside that that is uh, what's happening at High Point. So how, how, what advice would you pass on to uh, other executive pastors? Yeah, and I do think it looks very different. You know, the world of executive pastors and uh, my friends and, and circles of influence, it's like there's so many different kind of versions of what it means. Um, and, 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 you know, this gets back to when you were asking what some of the hurdles are as we changed mm-hmm. and as our team functioned and all that. What we realized as our team grew, as our staff grew, is is it was really, really helpful to try to keep our senior pastor as the pastor of the staff and not everybody see our senior pastor as just the boss, right? Because right. guess what? Yep. In church world, you still got to go and sit in the third row and and the senior pastor is still my pastor who I'm listening to preach every weekend, right? Yes. And, yep. uh, and, and, and I want to sit under his spiritual authority. I want to sit under his teaching of God's word. Uh, mm-hmm. I have the advantage that I've I've been working um, here with my senior pastor for over ten years now, and uh, mm-hmm. almost since I was right out of uh, right out of grad school, and mm-hmm. and so that one I would just say the relational side can't be manufactured, and that extra mm-hmm. time, and I give my pastor a lot of credit, and we're we're like workers, right? So like honestly, just to and this is different for everybody. Like we're not the, we just go and and hang out all the time and go to the game and do it's, it's kind of naturally as we're doing ministry together, we end up hanging out together and we end up having meals together and our families know each other. And, and, uh, and we're, we're, we are different ages as well. And so we're kind of our mm-hmm. two different generations and, and we're able to complement each other. But if I had to give one piece of I don't know, thought from my perspective has been if I've been able to carry some of the weight and burden of kind of leading the staff 
um, even just from like the HR side and interpersonal side and goal setting and evaluations and reviews and free our pastor up where he can be around and popping into offices and caring for people and hearing what's going on in their life and truly be their pastor. That's been Mm -hmm. a great partnership. Um, And so that's probably my encouragement is if you have the ability um, to let, to, to help, you know, assist your senior pastor and letting him pastor the staff, take the weight, man, just take, take the weight. He doesn't need that weight. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and everybody wins when, when you, when we do it. Absolutely. Super, super helpful. This has been a great conversation. Anything else, Steve, you'd love to share, uh, just as we wrap up and kind of come to the end of uh, the episode? Yeah, thanks again. This is just great. Obviously, we could talk for hours here. I I think (laughs) we talked a lot in here about multiplication, you know, multiplication of uh, locations or multiplications of of churches. I think the last thought I just have, Rich, is, you know, if we're not multiplying just people on the most base level of discipleship and of investing in people, like I talked about in that 2 Timothy 2.2 verse, like, that it, the the multiplication needs to start at the lowest possible level like are are we reproducing the children's worker who's holding the baby in the nursery mm-hmm. and i i just think there's a direct correlation between and by the way i don't mean that that's the lowest level job in the church i'm just saying you know hey we're holding you're not babies. saying that you're not saying that that's we right. just need a lot of them <laughs> right but like if we're not multiplying um, you know, people in student ministry and in kids ministry, if we're not multiplying small group leaders and then small group coaches, if we're not multiplying That's small good. groups and multiplying them out and raising up new leaders, I think we might fool ourselves into thinking we're going to multiply locations and multiply church plants. And so it's easy on the exterior, just to even like we started the conversation of, you know, sometimes it looks real glossy and neat and churches are growing and man, that's amazing. And it is amazing because God's doing some incredible things. And I'm as encouraged as ever. uh, And even I'll throw in being a millennial leader, I'm as encouraged as ever at the future of where the church is going. And Mm -hmm. um, however, um, the hard work is in the stuff that people don't see. The hard work isn't in the launching the fourth campus, launching the fifth campus. The hard work is investing in the small group leader and them catching the vision to multiply themselves out and disciple other people. Finding the student ministry person, they're going to multiply themselves and disciple into other student ministry workers. And I just love to see and like to see more multiplication happening and investment discipleship happening in every layer from senior pastor uh, down to the nursery. Yeah, that's so good. That's so true. I think oftentimes we love to kind of, uh, like you say, kind of, we love the big sexy, hey, we're going to launch a new campus. We're going to do some, we're going to send out 25 church planners in the next yeah. 25 months. Uh, but that only starts with the, hey, what are we doing? Like you say, in kids ministry, in the nursery, are we actually going to find new leaders there? Are we going to, or can we replicate small group leaders in our adult small groups? Um, very, very good. That's uh, that's fantastic. Well, Steve, I appreciate you being on today's show. If people want to track with you or with High Point, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so uh, online, uh, everything's highpoint.church. So that'll be our website. Same thing with Instagram at highpoint.church. Uh, good luck finding me anywhere online because my name is Steve Smith. And when your name is Steve Smith, there's not much out there. But uh, Instagram is at stevesmith0. 
But uh, all the church stuff, that's the stuff you're really going to want to find. If you're interested in anything about High Point uh, Church, just go to highpoint.church on just about any platform. That's great. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Steve. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>